0: Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on autism. Answers. This is a show where we boldly go where no woman or man has gone before. We go beyond awareness, beyond just talking about autism, all the way to coming up with stuff. Answers. You know, they might not always be the best answers, but the ways to begin to move forward, and from there you find the next answer, and the next answer, and the next answer. It's a fun show. Thank you for joining us. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. And today's theme is, is are you targeting autism, or is autism targeting you? And of course, to find out the answer to that question, you're going to have to stay with me all the way to the end of the show, where we will hear Stories from the road, and I'll bring it all into a nice, neat little bundle and wrap a bow on it and give you an answer. In the meantime, that's a question that's up. Stay for also before the stories from the road. Of course, we have okay, 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 the great guest giveaway. But before that, we have a really great guest today. Um, the reason I came up with this theme, by the way is I was thinking and thinking about how so many of us as families of autistic individuals or professionals of autistic indiv- working with autistic individuals, we either feel like we targeted autism or it targeted us. Now most often a parent will think, oh, it targeted us, trust me, um, or even the individual that is afflicted with autism. However, sometimes it's that we were looking for a field to have an endeavor in to make a difference in, and so we targeted the field itself. One of the things that I think is really important to do is use your celebrity status to target something important in the world and make a difference. This is, you know, my soap opera soapbox, but I believe that, and I'm always so excited when somebody does that, and even more excited when they'll come on my show. So. In this case, I think that the thing you do when you're a celebrity is you go for it, you pick a cause, and you really take one that hits your heart and you run after it. And that's the case today. We have somebody who's doing that thing you do, and as a matter of fact, I believe he was in it. So um, this is Jonathan Sheck. And he likes Jonathan, not John, so we're going to go with the long names, guys. Stick with it. and I want to. I just want to say thank you for joining me, Jonathan. Thank you.
1: It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, and you know what? I looked. At, I looked you up, and I'm, by the way, I've got a mild crush on you now from looking you up and watching all your stuff. You're quite <laughs> handsome and well, very charismatic. You. So I'll admit it right at the top. If I get silly, you'll know why. <laughs> and 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 your resume's way too long. But just so that. You know, someone who maybe doesn't know your name or isn't familiar with your work. Can you just name your top four projects, just to give them a, a sense of who you are?
1: Well, I'm. Uh, it's one one thing. I didn't wait around in my life to become a bigger celebrity than I am to start trying to create awareness. I just decided that what I would do is I take these initiatives that I really think are important, find the people that I find the hearts. To be beating the strongest and support them and bring this awareness. You talked about being a celebrity with. I would been like. Uh, to,
0: but first, but first, but first, Jonathan, we have to tell them what a great celebrity you are. So come on, four top projects that put you in the realm of celebrity. Like you were in that thing you do, right?
1: Yeah, that thing you do with Tom Hanks. I was a lead singer in the band The Wonders. Okay. Um, but you know, I've been in so many different things. It's hard to like. I played Houdini. I played Judas, and. If you like magic, you've seen Houdini. If you're uh, Christian, you've watched Judas. Well, maybe you haven't. Um,
0: and if you're into dying in sci-fi, you were in quarantine too, right? I was
1: in quarantine and prom night and.
0: All right, good. Now they know uh, who you are. That's good. Now we can talk about important stuff. Not that your career is not important; it's very important. But we're, we're here they to can, talk
1: They can, they can, you know, they can go to IMDb at uh, Jonathan Schach, S-C-H-A-E-C-H, and you know, look at the credits. And they can, I guarantee you, they have seen one of the things that I've been in.
0: I guarantee it too, and and trust me, I'll put your link up on the
1: on the website. <laughs> so we're
0: all good. They can find you, and then then they'll all have crushes on you, and you'll be that big, big, big celebrity. Mm. So go on. Let's talk about how uh, how did how did you get interested in autism? Did it target you? Did you just stumble across it? What? Tell me the story.
1: Uh, the way uh, I got into autism, um, and I, I didn't get into autism. I was invited to an event called Anti Up for Autism. By an organization called Talk About Curing Autism, um, out there, out here in Los Angeles, in Orange County, and I went to the event, and when I started to, you know, talk to the uh, the people that were involved, Lisa Ackerman and Stephanie McElvain, I started to realize, wow, this is this is an epidemic that's happening across America, and really, people need to realize the numbers are increasing. Christ, when I first started, it was like one in hundred and 20 and now it's now there's numbers 10 one and out of every 88 and they start realizing that wow there's really something wrong and, and one thing being whatever level celebrity I am is I can reach out to some people and now through the internet the, the glory of the internet that mm-hmm. I can bring some awareness to you know individuals and link up individuals that need this help because I think about that that day when I went to the DACA event, I thought about my sister, in the middle of Cumberland, Maryland, to dealing with uh, you know with her her son, who was having some issues—not in autism, but uh, some other you know ADHD issues—and trying to figure out how to keep him in school and all these uh, other issues. And I just thought, gosh, she she doesn't really have anyone to connect to out there. And I thought, wow, I I could only imagine someone who goes just walked out of the the uh, doctor's office, and they said, you know, your, your child has autism. You know, just even the definition of the word is not understood by a lot of people. Where do you yeah, go for sure help? That. What do you do?
0: Well, I you know? think I think you, if you're smart, you go drink about a pot of coffee that keeps you <laughs> out of their depression you just plummeted into, and you go into grief. I want to hit on something you said before I back off and let you talk some more. Um, you must be new to this game because you said, you know, wow, you saw the change in the numbers. To let you know, I started, it was 1 in 10,000. Shortly wow. after, it went to 1 in 2,500. And then since then, they've really been tracking it more so. So when we say it's moved in, you know, in a huge arc of of increase, of increase, it's enormous. So I love that you pointed out that even in what you must have been involved in only for the past few years, right?
1: Yeah, it's been about four years now.
0: Okay, so in four years, in four years, because if we put it into yeah. that time frame, then it makes it scary. Like it makes you realize to go from one in 125 to one in 88. That's
1: yeah. huge. Yep. yeah. Yeah.
0: So go on. Okay. So yes, uh, when you're walking out of the doctor's office, it's a big deal.
1: Yeah. And where are you going to reach? And and uh, when I, you know, talk to these people that really know what they're talking about, I thought I could be the, the conduit to get over there to to help that person that walks out of that office. And, you know, it's amazing that this world of Twitter. Um, I literally had somebody reach out and say, I just found out my my child had autism. And man, I just, I've I didn't know what to do I, I felt this huge you know
0: responsibility
1: Responsibility is a good word, and I just connected them to the people that could really help, and they, they got the help that they needed, and then they started to be able to get them on some of these solutions that you talk about and the thing the world that you're in, creating solutions, finding solutions. and I know that uh, you know even simple things as you know getting a gluten-free diet for a child can really help. With all the other things that autism brings on, you know, not being able to sleep and, and uh, you know, go to bathroom properly and all the things that, if that was happening to me, I'd be really pissed off at the world. Um, so, you know, the, I know there's a lot, of, a lot of help out there, and, and being a, a, an actor, celebrity, I've been able to help out and reach some people.
0: You know what I find the most, uh, you know, you have to kind of go, okay, what what was the most useful thing that I came across? Now, for me it was neurofeedback, and that's my soapbox because it seems to help everybody that I work with. But I'm going to set that aside because that's a science-driven thing and you'd have to have access to it. So I don't want to talk about that right now. The second thing on the list was being able to be creative and flexible and using my improvisational skills and my comedic skills and my willingness to go all the way to the, you know, the, the biggest reaction and the smallest reaction, having this range of reacting that I could use to kind of engage children and, and embrace the disorder instead of hate it, I've taken that and I've made a huge difference in many lives. And I want you to um, kind of respond to that after I do this little mini break. So we were talking to John Sheck. He's been targeted by autism or he's targeting it. We're just trying to figure that out. You're listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. Coming up after John, we have okay, OK, OK, the great guest giveaway. And of course, of course, of course, you have to stay for Stories from the Road. There you go, John, Jonathan. <laughs> that would be my – did I call you – I called you John Shack, I think. Oh, no, I'm probably going to get in trouble. I'm sorry.
1: No, you didn't. Don't worry about it. Oh, good.
0: <laughs> so, Jonathan, that would be my example of creativity stories from the road. I always end the show, pull it all together with a story from, that I've, of a child I worked with. So you tell me now, how do you see creativity and, and acting and the skills that you bring to this as being beneficial?
1: Well, you know, I, uh, I haven't worked with autistic children. However, I've been around them. And one thing I've learned, because I'm a big advocate for the arts, and especially arts and public school systems, is creativity um, sparks the right side of the brain, the creative side, um, and it makes people interactive, which can trigger the analytical side of the brain. So if there's no arts in school, there's some children, and this probably applies very much to autistic children, that can't connect to that other side. You know, there's social issues with... There are also autistic children, but what you what you sound like you do, and I'm very curious about it, is connecting uh, by the creative, the creative side to get them to be able to be socially active, uh, connect to you and be able to communicate. Um, So that's one thing in the the public school system that I'm doing is something, working with Marielle Hardiman from Johns Hopkins University for her uh, brain-targeting curriculum that they want to incorporate. They have, they've incorporated, they have a a whole school that's opening up in June, integrating creativity in the other disciplines. So that the children are engaged um, passionately in what they're learning. So they're not taking these bubble tests um, that we all know about, that you take the bubble test, and if you can't score well in those bubble tests, you have a really sense of lack of self-worth, you feel bad about yourself, and you can't. if you can't figure out how to test better, you know, it, it feeds so much and it has such a negative emotional response. These individuals, uh, the dropout rate is increasing. So here we have uh, your world of autism that is directly connected to the curriculum problems in the public school systems. And you've found ways to engage uh, these children and, and get them, and to start to be able to get them to interact. Am I right?
0: Yes, and as a matter of fact, I want to go, hit on this testing thing you're talking about. With autism, it very much applies, because with autism, they often view an autistic child as not very testable. They might be testable if they have a savant in their particular field right. of you know, excellence, but overall, they're not very testable because first of all, well, lots of becauses to that, so let's just hit on the fact that um state dependent learning makes it so that sometimes a person has to be in motion to show you what they need, and so sitting them at the desk to test them right away cuts them off from the abilities that they would be sharing. Let's just use that because there's lots more answers than that it not only does it hurt the child to be treated and I mean even non kids that appear unintelligent, they're very, very aware of what's going on around them in the moments of lucidity. And so not only does it hurt their emotional self-image, which is what you're talking about, but it means that when you don't test correctly, they create curriculums that don't match you. And that I see all the time, and that would apply to any problem with a child.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a big problem. I know that every individual in the world of autism is unique. Uh, I see that as a gift. I think creativity is the is way that everyone can connect. Like, you know, you put a, a group of people together and making music. I know sometimes that could be a really positive thing for some child and then not be so positive for the other. But it seems like all those varying degrees of creativity, whether it be painting or drawing, uh, or music uh, it seems to ignite and bring passion inside the soul, um, and so every every child uh, no, no matter what their condition, they have a soul, and creativity gets right into the spirit of it all and brings out that uh, brings out the God in them, as I would say
0: oh that 's beautiful, you know, Jonathan, it also is communication. we knew that for centuries. We knew that when somebody painted something that, you know, s- some abstract representation of, of strangeness, and then you looked at it, you got a feeling, you got a sense, you got an understanding of their soul, and they communicated a feeling with you. They communicated thought with you. We knew that about music. We knew that. We, we've always known that the arts were a form of communication. I don't know why that's begun to disappear, especially in light of things like autism, where communication disorder is its foundation. We need to give them alternative modes of expression, not take
1: them away. I think uh, a lot of the lawmakers uh, they they tend to move towards the things that they think are making the money or the people that are most aggressive in the lobbying. And um, when it comes to the arts um, now you have some very good advocates, but really when it comes down to it uh, people who are part of the prison systems and if you're lobbying for private sectors or that, or have a bigger, stronger, more aggressive voice, you talk about individuals lobbying for military, private sectors. They have much more aggressive voice, and yeah. um, the creative voice that you and I both have tends to uh, can be pushed aside as not uh, as important.
0: Yes, yes, and it's unfortunate because um this what you were saying about the right and the left brain it's not just autistic kids although certainly in autism the separation is huge and the connectivity between the two hemispheres has been called into question over and over again. But us living a life the way we're, you know, we've kind of lost the wholeness of life. We don't let the kids have freedom or play or learn through discovery. Now it's all stay in and be safe. And, you know, video games and and TV, which has got a place, but it it can't erase interaction. No. And, yeah, it's a problem. Okay, so, oh, my God, I can't believe how much time we've already covered. So... Let's let's make sure that you get to say what you are here to say, and and plug your soapbox in your cause. But, <laughs>
1: well, uh, ante up is coming up, so uh, on September twenty second, Taka is going to have another ante up, uh, and that's a big poker tournament, but also just a kind of gathering, a town hall to get everyone together and make make a big old. Uh, Stink about what's going on out there, get people aware, have some fun, um, and raise a lot of money for the children uh, of TACA. And uh, if anyone you know, is out there who wants to connect with TACA, uh, you could just type in T-A-C-A, and uh, you'll see there's an airline TACA. It's not that. It's it it's <laughs> Unless positive. you
0: want to fly away and get the heck out of all of this problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you can connect with the people at TACA. They're amazing. They're really great uh, working with families. That's what they're really all about. Like a lot of the autism um, charities are about. They're 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 so massive and they do such great jobs. But TACA is really family oriented.
0: And they'll let they'll let you. I did a I was doing a comedy show last April and I asked them if they wanted. The funds to go over to them, and so they, they work together with you. Uh, so, if somebody has a desire to put on a small fundraiser, they'll, you know, at every size, they'll accept and help you.
1: Yeah, they're great at that. That's what they're really good at. Uh, they're not such a big group, you know, they really they specialize in pers- personal commitment to individuals and their families and yeah. their children.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really nice little organization. Um and also I supported my children playing poker for about six months and and so maybe I'll come and
1: check it Did out. Did you really?
0: Oh absolutely. Uh, well, I was you definitely very should creative. Come check it
1: out. If you, if you get a chance, it's a great time. We really it really is a great time. Um and you know, uh just contacted uh, the people over at TACA and that, that we had this conversation and you're gonna be pushing it on the radio show and that uh maybe have me on before we
0: yeah, it again. Or, oh, yeah that's
1: uh, I crazy. am the host of this one and I'll have more uh more information on autism cuz right now uh the, the my uh, my charity adopt the arts uh .org is the other thing that I'm pushing and I just got back from Capitol Hill and Congress and the White House and I'm trying to you know get the initiatives that we need for all that stuff right now. Uh, well, you mostly. know that's
0: just that's going to benefit our population too. I mean just like we're saying Adopting the arts, bringing the creativity back into the schools in a way that is respected and embraced is a very different thing than saying, "Oh, these these kids—they respond to music. Let's let's clap our hands and get them to walk in a straight line," which is what I see a lot. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's going to excite somebody." So, <laughs> so I love your initiative. I hope, it, I hope you know, that it gets somewhere. Okay, so um, I want to ask you. Since you seem to really like taka, and I, I will try to get on to that. That'll be fun. Um, since you, you were approached by them, I take it first, and then you um, went and what was it that made you go, "Wow, I really you know, I really want to have um, a voice here somehow related to autism, or was it just that you liked taka themselves in the way they were? Was, was, was when,
1: I, when I saw the t- when I spent the children, I was around the children. I could see that there was a a voice inside each and every one of them, and that voice is very unique and special. And those are the children that are going to be the ones that solve something of this world that we are not able to solve yet. Oh. I could see it. It's the future. You have a gift every time you have a child that uh, thinks differently. Um, they have a voice inside them, and these. And the beautiful parents that I meet, the warrior mothers, as I call them, and they do everything they possibly can to make sure that child's voice is heard and connects to the rest of the world. Because when it does, we see amazing things happen. And we're going to see more and more in the future. So the good Lord doesn't do things in a negative way. He does things in a very positive way. So, you know, sometimes people see the world as half empty and some other people see it as half full. And I think... When you get a diagnosis with autism, it creates a purpose in your life that you haven't had before, and that purpose can make amazing change, positive oh my God, change.
0: That's perfectly said. I try to say that all the time, and you said that perfectly. <laughs> yes. It's true. I, I do an analogy for the town Greensburg, Kansas, where they had a tornado come, and it totally demolished it, and I see that as the moment you get the diagnosis, and it demolished the whole town, and everybody was moving out, and... Um, and the only way that they could keep the people in town, or at least some of them, was to create a new purpose, a new, a new focus. And they decided to be green and they ended up, you know, they're a world representative of this. And um, sometimes we need, not that we want a tragedy, not that we want, you know, a huge problem on our lap, but we're going to have problems anyways. We might as well have one that helps us focus. And that's exactly what you just said. That's
1: exactly right Very
0: cool. Thank you so much for being on. I really, really appreciate it, Um, and and hopefully we'll do it again. And I'll get to play poker and I'll.
1: I'd love to do that (laughs) one. That would be that would be great. I
0: would love that too. I'll 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 contact them and see if I can get myself in on that.
1: I don't. You know, I don't. uh, I can get. I'll tell them all about you.
0: All right. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. And thank you for being on. And have a great day.
1: Okay. Keep doing your good work out there. All All right. right? You too. You're making a change. all
0: right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was John Sheck. And it was wonderful of, of him to share with us his story about how autism targeted him. I like, I like this whole targeting theme of the day because actually I think sometimes people target autism. Do you know how usually we have, okay, 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 it's the great guest giveaway and somebody comes on and they have a product and they offer it up? Well, I invented that because in radio or podcast world, the way it's supposed to work is you get somebody to come on and, and do their product sales and then later the people at the station sneak around and say, give them a call and say, hey, do you want to advertise? So it's a way of getting advertisers. And I didn't like that. I thought, well, that feels like sneaky to me. And plus, I don't even know all these products. I mean, how can I, you know, I didn't want to represent products as if I knew that they were great when I didn't know they were great. So I came up with this whole idea of doing like this mini infomercial, and we'd do the great guest giveaway, and you guys would call and get the free gifts and then let me know what you think. Problem. Because it's a podcast, y'all aren't taking advantage of the free gifts and letting me know what you think. So I need, need, need from the, in the future, not today's show, but in the future, I need you to call in. Take advantage of this stuff because sometimes some really cool stuff's being given away, especially those uh, shoes where they had the GPS system and all of that. That was really awesome. So you really need to, to do that, okay, guys? Just call in, take a, take a shot, and see if you can uh, – get some free stuff, or I'm sorry, in our case, you usually do an email. Um, okay, so today we're going to do it different, Okay. of course, because, you know, you can tell already because of the way I'm talking. We're going to talk about targeting autism, and how this all started was I tried to get an author to come on, and um, I, the reason I picked her is because whenever people put up you know that I've written a book on autism, sometimes they'll put the different books I've written and they'll put her book because her name, her pen name starts with Lynette. So I thought it'd be fun, you know, talk to another Lynette who writes about autism. So I tracked her down. Turns out she's written like 70 something books and they're all on different subjects and she's got several pen names. And when I finally figured out who she was, I'm like, okay, you know, you want to come on and talk about your book. She says, well, I don't really know anything about autism. And I'm like, but you wrote a book about autism, so you must know something. And (laughs) she's like, "Um, yes, but I just researched it and created a book. Now, I want you to know right off the bat that that does not invalidate whatever's in this book. I haven't read the book. It might be wonderful because someone has to research it and put it all together. It saves you guys from doing it. But it's important for you to know that that, of thing happens, that people say, wow, there's a lot of autistic kids out there. One in 88. Maybe that's a a growing market for me, because it is, unfortunately, growth industry is autism, and people target it. So I thought, well, okay, since I couldn't get her on, (laughs) she's not going to give away her book because she didn't want to talk about it because she's not an expert. Um, I thought what I did, I was talking to one of the moms I work with, and she's a nurse, and she knows an awful lot, so much, and I thought she would be wonderful to chat with um, and just get her opinion about the idea of, you know, the people out there, supplements, books, whatever, targeting autism. So let's start. Hi, Anne. Thank you for being on. Hi, Lynette. Hey, I really Hi. appreciate you doing this, and I really, especially since I just sort of said, come on, come on just chat, we'll just chat, and you have the faintest idea what we're going to talk about, so that's fun, um, but when I when I was there with you and Rye, um, it was so fun to talk with you at the airport before I left, and I just thought, wow, you might be wonderful at this, and if not, what the heck, we just had some fun. So what do you think, what do you think about, um, do you think that people just take the idea of of, oh, it's autism, so I'll make some money and target it, and how do parents watch out for
2: that? Well, it's kind of difficult sometimes to watch out for it. I mean, us as parents, when we get that diagnosis, we're, you know, it's it's kind of sad and shocking and you're desperate and you're searching, and sometimes it's difficult to filter through what is, Valid and what's not, and what might help and what not, and so some it's it's a it's a real challenge. And sometimes we're kind of waffling because we don't have a whole lot of uh, a lot of guidance, and um, and it's scary. So, so how- uh, sometimes I believe it's true. There there are people that are, are taking advantage of, of this market and uh, and taking advantage of uh, the parents and their fear and their um, their needs.
0: And has that ever happened to you? Have you ever gone and, and thought, well, this, you know, I'll just try this product, or I'll do, there have been a lot of things that secrete and hyperbaric, and there's been a lot of things that sort of become the man on the block, uh, B12 shots, all the different things that have come along. Did you just ever grab at something and hope it would work? Or because you're a nurse and educated in the world of medicine, did you feel you had an edge?
2: Well, I guess, My nursing helped because I was able to look through the the medical, you know, part of it and have a, you know, somewhat of an educated um, guess at what I, you know, would or wouldn't do in that area. And also, um, I was in a position where, like, I went to a Dan conference to kind of see what that was all about. And then when I realized that all the supplements and stuff that was going to be needed, um, I did a nutritional, registered nutritional consulting course as well. So... I kind of took the approach with my son that I would do whatever I possibly could um what I felt that would not that I was comfortable with, and I felt that would not harm him or you know kind of put him at a disadvantage because I didn't want it to you know make him afraid of things as well, so like I didn't elate my son with i v collation or anything like that, but I did. Do and I, and I still do um, green, like uh, use green foods for um, chelating and stuff because I know that I can see a, a reaction if there is one with his ears turning red and different symptoms like that. And so I feel safe and comfortable doing that. So
0: I, I kind of took that, that uh, approach. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned the ears turning red. You know, I've gone into a lot of homes and they'll say, you know, why does this happen? Why do the ears turn red? And it's interesting that it's such a common thing in autism, and it's only recently gotten to be um, a fully understood phenomenon, that, you know, the shift of state and the allergic reaction, all that often ends up in this flushing, um, and that it is often related to toxins or just the sensory system overreacting. So it's neat. Even just in your answer there, you've actually said something that a lot of parents
2: don't know. Yeah, well, it's... um yeah it's true i mean you really really have to uh watch uh watch your children and uh not be afraid as well like i mean if you if you start something sometimes and you're not comfortable with it or it's not working uh for your child it's you know give it a, give some things a try but uh don't be afraid to to stop things as well because right. just because it works for one person doesn't mean that it's gonna work for for your child as well and there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that tout um, cures and stuff. I mean, all you got to do is go on the internet, and uh, you know, that's that's great if somebody's tried something with their child and it, and it works. I mean, that's the miracle that we all want. But that doesn't work for all kids. And I've tried, I've tried so many things that, um, you know, I have a list as long as my arm. And uh, I'm still, my son is doing uh, well, thankfully, um, but he's not totally out of the woods yet. No, but he's super, super healthy
0: and bright and clear and fun and got lots of humor and affection and he's so brilliant. So in so many ways your son is, um, he's what uh, so many of the families that I see would wish for their son to be. So you've done some good work or maybe genes or maybe him or a combo probably. But just to get yeah, people an yeah,
2: he is a he is a lot of fun, and he's uh, you know fortunately he's got a he's got a lot of strengths, and I really you know I really believe uh, he's going he's going to be okay. But it's been a, a lot of work. I've been working with my son since um, since he was four, and you know one of the things uh, you know that I always uh, wanted from him and stuff, and I wasn't sh- I mean sure he had I wanted to try and cover um, all my bases. Like I, I wanted to be able to, you know, do as many things as I possibly could with them And I think the parents lots of times are in more of a you know, position uh, when they're young, if they have the time and if they have the energy to um, just be with your child. And, uh, you know, sometimes they say like they wanted my son and, and I did in the beginning for him to go off to, um, you know, school and to start early and stuff, but sometimes there's a large group there and the intervention is not what you expect. And so if now with all the information out there with, you know, getting down at your eye level with your child and, and getting the contact that you want in fun ways and getting their response in fun ways and stuff, I think sometimes the, the moms and the parents, and certain areas can, can get ahead further than what the professionals And if the child is put in with a group of kids that he's not ready for that situation yet.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that it's always individualized, and just because everyone says quick, put them in school right away, that will socialize, and that's kind of funny, actually, because usually it's with a bunch of not social people. So, but that's a different subject, and we're almost out of time, so let's do this, because this is already fun, uh, but it's a short time window. Um, I go into a lot of homes, and there'll be like one extreme or the other. There'll be cupboards just full of everything they've ever bought, and they're afraid to stop anything. They just have. So every time they hear something new, they add and they add and they add and the kids are practically eating nothing but supplements. I mean, they can't, there's hardly room for their tummies to put food in And there's, you know, I often see things like a lot of gas problems and stuff, I think, from too many supplements. So I see that extreme and then I all, and I see the middle of the road, of course, and then I see this other extreme where they won't try anything because they feel like it's all just junk and they just, you know, they just totally only do, ABA, throw them in school. ABA, that's it, and that's all there is. So help, see if you can come up with a word of wisdom for how do these parents go, all right, this particular thing, whether it was just targeted for autism and didn't help anybody, or it helped one kid and didn't help mine, or it helped a lot of kids and not mine, this goes in the garbage. Like how do they decide when to stop and when to start?
2: Well. I think I think uh, you know you know we only have a short time here, but you know there's things there's certain things you you have to look at with your child, and one of the things is gut health. And uh, you know if you're looking at your child and you can tell what's basically in their poop is what they ate every time you look at it, then you have to think about getting the gut cleaned up and because the gut's a second brain. And uh, so, like, if you have things in your cupboard and you've been been sitting there for a long time and your child is not getting enough nutrition and they're just getting all of these supplements, um, start taking them away one at a time and just watch the reaction that's in your child. And if you see, you know, a negative reaction or a positive reaction, then, then you go, okay, well, I... Is this this supplement that's causing that to, to happen, one way or the other? And then take it away for a while, and then try it. Do a trial back in again. And if and if you notice positive results again, well you say, okay, I'll keep that one. But that sometimes it just it confuses the system so much that uh, that their body is is so confused, and there's so much that that they that their bodies can't sort through it, and the parents can't figure out what's working and what's not.
0: Right. So you just have to. So so Essentially, if you've if you've been giving a supplement for a long, long time, do you then clean it out just for a bit to see?
2: I think. I mean, and and what I find that uh, you know, it's like it's like anything. Sometimes a change is is a good thing. And if you're giving a a certain type of uh, you know probiotic or an enzyme or something, sometimes it's it's good to change it up. Um, Maybe you'll find something that works better. Or, you know, maybe you'll find out, okay, well, like, again, you know, that was was working, so I'm going to put it back in. But sometimes it's a good idea to give the body a rest.
0: Yes, I like that, too, because you give the body a rest, and then as you put it back in, you can put it back in one at a time, especially if you've built up in the cupboard so many supplements, you can't even tell what was working and what wasn't anymore. It's sometimes good to just pull back and start again one at a time. If there's no benefit, stop using it.
2: Yeah, and also look at the expiry dates on some of those things.
0: Oh, yes. Good point. Keep an eye on those expiry dates. Well, thank you. That was quick and easy. I appreciate so much that you uh, were willing to chat with us. At this point, I give you an opportunity to say any words of wisdom that you want to share. Like, what if you could give, because you've done a great job with your guy, and you're very knowledgeable. I'm not even giving you a chance to really show that because we don't have the time. But, what if you were to just give one word of wisdom to the parents,
2: what would it be? Make sure your your child is getting quality food all the time and, you know, keep out the white stuff and uh, watch the sugars and things like that, but just make sure that what they're getting in their body is healthy.
0: All right, so healthy being, no GMOs, let's try and stay away from MSG, just your typical, everybody's heard of it, easy access information, right?
2: Yeah, and just watch the. Uh, there is, I mean, lots of supplements coming out on the market, and look at the uh, look at some studies and things before you go ahead and do it. I mean, just just take some time to research it. See how many children that this has benefited from. I mean, who's putting out the studies, and um, you know, give it a try, but give it a try, one thing at a time uh, for your child, and just see what the benefits are from that before you start with something else
0: informed try. All right. Thank you so much, Anne. I so appreciate it. I really appreciate you being on. I have to go now and start telling them about stories from the road. All right. I'm going to hit you with three stories, three quick stories. Well, one's kind of long, but I'm going to tell it short. (laughs) Okay. So, story number one. My son, Rai, sees an ad. It's like an infomercial ad. Speaking of infomercials, it's the theme today. He sees an infomercial ad for a product called Focus Factor. And it, you know, at that time, he's having a lot of trouble focusing. He's always trying to figure a way to get a new brain. And he says, "Mom, I need this." Now, this is before neurofeedback, so um, I'm like, "Okay, we'll give it a try." So we order it, and I and I'm giving it to him, and you know, and then I, I give it to all three of the boys. Um, Dar too, actually, but not at first. And so I'm giving it to them, giving it to them, and I think it might be helping, but I'm not really sure. So on the theme of what Ann had said, you know, when you pull it out of the diet, well, we went for a Christmas holiday, and we ran out of focus factor. They're going to, too bad they, <laughs> I mean, they'll probably get sales out of this, right?
1: So anyways,
0: um, we ran out of focus factor, and within about four days, I was desperate for it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, and that was when I realized. So the idea of pulling it out is very useful. And this wasn't actually some, uh, it was just a brain vitamin. It was for attention and focus and said nothing about autism at the time anyway. And so it was just us following our instincts and giving stuff a try and you know it could have not worked but it did work so we kept using it. In fact the boys still use it. And another one, my grandson, he was having a lot of trouble in school and he was raising up his body in a way where he was pushing his penis towards the underside of the desk and causing a disruption in the class. And it was almost like an involuntary movement, but it was embarrassing everyone in class. And he was you know, not autistic, but had sensory problems and stuff. And he kept doing this and doing this and, and he'd be sort of zoned out at that time. And whenever he would be doing this, um, he was also a child who had a lot of serious seizure activity when he had a fever, and it went much older than for most kids with uh, febrile seizures, and it would last for like up to 20 minutes, like it was scary. So there were some unusual things going on for him, and again, we didn't have neurofeedback yet. So my daughter uh, didn't have the kind of money that she needed for Focus Factor, especially back then, it was more expensive, and didn't want to ask me for help at that time, so she goes to the drugstore, and she finds this $10 brain vitamin, it just says brain vitamin, $10. She starts giving it to him. Again, not tar- it doesn't target anything specific, it just says brain vitamin and it's like at Rite Aid or something. She starts giving it to him and completely improves. Whenever they run out, he starts having problems again. So I am 100% on the side of putting healthy things in your brain and finding what works. I just don't think it always has to be that it said in the advertisement for autism. Um, in addition, I had an experience with a lab. I wrote an article about this, and I have to tell this short because we're out of time. But I had an a occasion to go with a friend of mine to meet this very secretive guy who's giving her these secretive enzymes that cost $17,000, and they're going to make her all her cells young again. And he's telling her all these things, and so I'm suspicious, and I go with her, And I need him and I think he's actually just giving her a sassafras or some some kind of speed or something. Because of the way he acts, and I'd have to go on and on, it's too long of a story. But what I can tell you is that he was associated with a lab, Maxim Labs, and um, they target autism. And I was very concerned because he was their scientist creating their enzyme products. So I sent put out a you know, a all points bulletin on Facebook and I'm like, any parents please give me information. And then I find out that the FDA has raided them and that they're not to make the claims that they've made. And they never got one parent tell me great things about the, their product, although I did have one parent say that she thought her friend had, had gotten positive results from it, but that was it. So this is a world with snake oil salesmen. And it's also a world with great products out there. Just please, 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 make sure you're getting something from it. And if you're not, it could be just targeting autism. Think about it. I'm Lynette Louise. This is a new spin on autism. Answer. Thanks for being here. Because without you, I'd just be talking to myself.
2: and
0: seeing nothing.